Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor, professional wrestling fan. There is a lot of ground to cover, everybody. I got to tell you, I put together these formats of these shows, and it's just real, it's bullets and things that I, I want to talk about. And it's becoming a little easier for me based on how I want to take my content from a weekly basis and spread it out and put it into these episodes and provide further commentary over it. You know, I'm uh, excited about these shows and what I'm bringing to the table and my thought process because I've been getting so much great feedback. You know, I'm here talking mostly about how we can become better operators in the hobby, things we can do, how we can talk to people um, in a better way that's going to allow us to share ideas and exchange perspectives and trade cards and sell cards and buy cards in a way that I think is how I want to be treated in the hobby. So I've been getting a ton of feedback on that. And you you know, if 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 this you cut you're coming to the show and you're looking for me to tell you to go buy a Darius Baisley um card right now, it's probably not going to be the best show for you. Um or maybe uh Cabin Geely, maybe we can go that route and you can I can tell you to buy a bunch of him. Probably not going to happen on this show either. Um but I'm that's what I'm doing and I'm excited. The show's about operating in the hobby and it's a I call it a uh, an alternative because it is, right? There's there's a lot of shows about picks and doing this and that and I'm trying to separate because I'm trying to talk about my experiences in the hobby and doing that through the lens of how I operate and best practices. So, let's go. Let's roll. Let's talk about some sports card topics that I'm super passionate about. There's a lot to get in, lot to get into today as always, so I'm just going to kick it off. NBA is back. I am so excited and thrilled. And I got to say, just I can't believe it, right? Like I'm sitting there last night um, and it's the first round of games and I'm watching everything and I'm just, it's amazed that everything is back. And it's awesome just to see the players hit the floor. It's kind of different, right? They're playing in stadiums instead of Orlando in the bubble without fans. So that's going to take some getting used to. But you know, my, my mentality and my perspective overall is, hey, everybody, like, let's not freak out. Let's not go do stuff that we're going to regret. And let's not get caught up in the scrimmage exhibition hype of what's going on. Just to let everybody know, and I know most of you know this out there, but first of all, think about this. These guys and these teams had an abbreviated training camp they're getting back together for the first time. A lot of them for for a long time. Some of them they were just together uh, recently. If their their team went far in the playoffs, but there's a lot of changes, right? There was an expedited, um, you know, free agency period. There was a draft that just happened. These there's a lot of new coaches. We've got one in Indiana, and these uh, these teams are forming. They're trying to form. They're trying to figure it out. They are trying to understand rotations. They're trying to understand young talent. They're trying to figure out how everything fits in. And we're just on the first game. My recommendation, and I always say this just in general, and when I'm applying this to fantasy basketball, is like, don't freak out over the first game. Don't freak out over any of this. No one will really know until the season starts and get going. And when it starts and get go, it gets going, it'll probably take a month or two on a lot of these young guys. So do not overreact. Do not go out and buy cards because somebody had a, because DeAndre Hunter had a banger uh, uh, first game. Like that can be a signal, but don't let that be like the reason why you go out and you spend a bunch of money on a specific player. That's just my feedback and my recommendation. I'm excited. I got the Pacers playing the Cavs tonight. Just it's seeing what we got, seeing what we're seeing. If there's a new brand of basketball, seeing how things change. I'm just excited for the NBA to be back. And I know the market's excited about it. And I come from the lens and say, don't do this, don't do that. It's not to say don't get caught up and get involved in the NBA market. Like, 
there's so much activity in the NBA market and there's so much opportunity. But what I'm trying to say is don't do what everyone else is doing. Turn left when the market is going right. You know that's my mantra. For me, it's like, of course, what did I do? I went and I checked out uh, Sekou's game. He played on Friday night. He had 11 minutes, okay? He had four points. He had four rebounds. Not special, not flashy. I'm not freaking out about it. You know why? Because it's a long game with him. And it's like, you know, I was trying to think about this, and it was like, based on my research and evaluation, it's very similar to how I talk to people about how people pick their soccer clubs, right? People want to align with the soccer club in the U.S., and, and, and you know, they figure it out, and it might not be the best team or it might not be the flashy, but people pick on potential and situation. And it's like, that's a very much how I feel about, like, my selection of Seku, like I'm a fan of this kid. Like I've gotten involved. I'm like deep in like his progression and he's 19 years old. So like a lot about him excites me. So I am not overreacting. I'm not overreacting this year. Like my investment into him as as a player is, is for the long term. So like I'm not, my expectations are level. Like I not buy, I have not bought him over the past year because I think he's going to be an all-star this year. Like that's, a bad expectation, but I think he has a ton of potential to grow. So that is what I'm doing. I'm being very patient. So make sure if you're investing in young guys, guys that are rookie year, first year, still young, like like be patient with them because not everyone's going to be an all-star overnight. I got to tell you, like I am really freaking sore and I'm like, feel like I'm about to fall asleep at the mic here, but that's not going to happen because I got coffee. But man, I we, we're getting new floors in the crib and this is a, Something that that my wife wanted, and you know what? I talk about compromise. I've got my card. She wants new floors, so let's make it happen. I spent all morning moving my vinyl collection, 1,500-plus records from downstairs, upstairs, and this was post-run. I feel like, thank God for coffee because I am just sore. I feel like I just got done with high school football practice, Um, but man, that is not fun, moving a bunch of shit from downstairs to upstairs. In my hobby room, I took a picture, put it on Instagram as I record this today. Uh, I'm in my stories and it's just ridiculous. I got records everywhere. I'm a collector, man. I just, I, I love stuff and uh, it, uh, it is a uh, passion of mine. But man, when you have to move all your stuff, it is never fun. But I wanted to talk a little bit about just the NBA uh, ESPN list that they put out on, uh, you know, their top, whatever, 100 players or whatever. I don't want to co- provide commentary over everything. I know whenever there's a list, like there's going to be a controversy and people are going to disagree on this and that. But from my perspective, their top five was spot on. I wouldn't change anything. You know, at five, you got Kawhi Leonard, which Kawhi Leonard, although recency says, oh, you know, they got bounced in the playoffs when they shouldn't have, blah, blah, blah. Like this guy's just the best two-way player we have in the game, and uh, he's got championships to show for it. Number four, Luka Doncic, the hobby heartthrob, the Don, Luka Doncic. Uh, he is uh, right, right, I mean, just his natural skill and ability, um, what he's done in Dallas over the last year, the efficiency of their offense, everything running through Luka, just the moments matter in the hobby, or in the NBA and in the hobby. And I just think he's rightfully deserving of that four spot. You got Giannis at three. Um, this is, the, I think, the debatable point, not putting him two. I like Giannis at three because I love Anthony Davis at two. I love that he's getting um, uh, the credit he deserves. And the guy is unbelievable. Like, he really is unbelievable. Um, and you know, I think he, his career, he had been waiting for that moment to happen. Obviously he hit that game winner and won a championship. And he, in my opinion, is one of the best, best bigs I've ever seen in my life play the game. Um, and it's funny, just, I don't know if it was, you know, playing on the Pels and now he's starting to get some attention being in LA and winning a championship, but the guy just signed a ridiculous contract. He's going to have the platform to continue to show um, his Hall of Fame type uh, capabilities. So I'm excited to see him shining at number one. You don't have a list about NBA players. I don't care whatever the year is without LeBron at number one. Um, so I, I like was a big fan of that list. And I really had no arguments. Now, if you move down the list, then we can start talking about this and that. But that's not what we're here to do today. I want to talk a second about NFL Prism. I think the NFL Prism product's been on the shelves or, uh, you know, you've been 
watching breaks, been a part of those breaks, watching people rip packs, um, listings on eBay. It's been out for a week. And um, I think it is time to just reflect and just say, hey, like, I want to know. I'm wondering, what are you thinking? Is it worth a thousand bucks a hobby? Like, do you think that this uh, rookie class is going to help have the help provide value to that hobby box long term? Um, you know, are you a believer in Justin Herbert? Are you a believer in Joe Burrow? Are you a believer in Tua? Like those those guys are really helping drive the price of this hobby box right now. So I'm just curious, like, and I'm curious, like, once NFL kind of starts to wind down a little bit what those prices of the product will will do. I'll say this. I like naturally, naturally like deep down, you all know how much of a football fan I am, right? You know how much I love football cards. Um, spend a lot of time talking about them. I'm very passionate about football, the Colts. I tried to figure out what my lane was on this product, okay? Um, because Yes, I wanted a hobby box. I really, really did. And I wanted to rip those packs. I really, really do. However, I could not justify the thousand bucks and the risk of going out and buying a hobby box when I know there's other cards out there that I'm like salivating over right now. So with that being said, I took a step back and I said to myself, okay, dude, like, how do we figure this out where you can get involved with this prism product and do it in a way that is aligns with your collection and you don't have to spend, you know, gobs of money. So first thing I said was like, all right, let me, let me consider doing some breaks. Then I thought about it and I was like, I like breaking. And I, I typically break, uh, I, I like to do breaks every, you know, a few times, a uh, a quarter, two times, two times, three times a quarter. And I just, just to see new product, but like the cost of buying into breaks, I just like, man, like, what if I get like, you know, the freaking like, you know, jets or something, right? Like, yeah, there's Denzel Mims or whatever, but like, it's like that, like, I'm not going to be happy with that. And that's the hardest thing for me with breaks sometimes is the randomness of the teams. Like, and if I'm have a collector's mindset, like, like what, like, how? How it's just not that's just not worth it to me. And then so I say, well, okay, like, is it worth taking the gamble if you know you end up with the Chargers, the Bengals, or um, the Dolphins? And for me, it's like I like all those quarterbacks, but I'm not like I'm not nuts over them. I'm not like investing or collecting those guys. So then I take another step back. It's like, all right, well, what the hell do you want from this box? If you if you rip the box, of course you're gonna want the rook, those rookie QBs, and then my process would be like, all right, I'm gonna send these to PSA, get them back, and sell them in the market. Um, but what do you really want? And for me, it was like, well, I want these like second year Kyler cards because I collect Kyler Murray. Um, and then I thought to myself, it's like, you know what? Like, I really want like some a dope Philip Rivers parallel um, in a Colts jersey because he's my quarterback right now. And like, what if the Colts did something crazy in the playoffs? So that was my mindset. And I said, all right, well, how can I spend less on what a buying into a break would cost and get the cards that I really, really want. And so that's what I did. I got a, um, I got a, a 15, um, pink, no huddle, um, disco Kyler Murray card. I bought that on eBay. It was, um, not crazy expensive second year card 15 and aligns with the player I collect. It's scarce. It looks cool. I bought that. And then I got a, um, a blue ice team color, Phillip rivers, uh, parallel. And I was like, this is, and I bought a, a, a Kyla Murray silver second year. And all that was under the price of buying into a break. And if I bought into a break and I got all those cards, I would be thrilled. So like the punchline there is not to say don't go buy into breaks. Like I love breaks. Breaks are fun. But for me, like there's an opportunity, I think, with cards that you really want on eBay right now. Like people will tell you, like, don't go buy the first week, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, like, where's the caveat of that? Like the caveat of that is don't go buy first week rookies out of that. That's what I think people are really trying to say. But if there are parallels and cards of second year guys, like right away is the time to buy because people are trying to make up for the money that they just spent on the break, money that they just spent on the hobby box. And they're out there and there's deals everywhere. So like 
Don't get in the buy it now game. Get in the auction game and just go. Like set the tone and get those cards you want. That's what I did this week with Kyler Murray. That's what I did this week with Philip Rivers cards. I just got in the game and I got some cards that I really want. I'm going to get those cards slabbed up. And that to me is a fun way to get involved in a new product like NFL Prism. I got a shout out and this is coming from the top. My Instagram account of the week, it's really easy. And you know why it's really easy? Because you all were hyped on the video. I was hyped on the video, got a lot of buzz. And I got to shout out my man P. Ryan Collection for being the Stacking Slabs Instagram account of the week. For talking about his uh, profits off of the uh, you know Michael Jordan rookie cards. And it wasn't just about the cards in the video, but it was about setting a tone setting a tone and talking about things that are going on in the hobby that he's not down with. And, and the reason why this video caught so much buzz is because he was speaking to all of us and all of us were having the same thoughts. And that's what I love about it. And I, I've been sharing this perspective. And I want to just say thank you to the hobby last week for stepping up against like all the BS and all the crap that's being shoved down our throats on a regular basis by people in the hobby who are trying to make a buck who aren't who are dry who are leading with profit over passion like this is like we're done like we're done avenger style we are done we are stepping up and we are speaking out and this doesn't mean sl like slamming people treating people bad but this means if you see something that's pissing you off like talk about it use your platform to talk about it and i'm really excited that p ryan did that and shout out p ryan collection hit follow on his page go check out his videos full of passion an awesome collector someone that i'm learning from and i think a lot of people can learn from too and a nugget thanks for the feedback on the josh uh episode from last week cardboard chronicles um something he said stood out and it's if people are speculating and not talking about the process that's that's a that's a red flag i agree with that and like i want my content to help set the, set the tone on like the do's and don'ts of the hobby and so I'm going to always bring awareness to people who are using their platform to, to talk about this is how I'm doing it. This is what I believe in. And this is what's wrong. And like, that's what I'm down with. So I want to just shout out all those nuggets that I've been picking up from all those good people who've been, who are grinding and are super passionate in the hobby. And I just think it's really awesome. You know, I think people want to act like everyone's, everyone needs to get along and everyone needs to be lovey-dovey in the hobby like i get this vibe a little bit and i'm not here to start a war at all but i'm here to say like there is always going to be good versus evil like it might sound absurd but like a lot of how i think about things are just like from a from a good and evil perspective like i'm a wrestling fan right it's all good versus evil movies good versus evil like it's everywhere and so like when you've got a market like the sports card market that's booming, there's going to be good versus evil. There's going to be drive-bys. There's going to be people trying to take advantage. And I just get shared the most ridiculous YouTube videos of guys sometimes. And it's like, man, that, that is a crazy place where some people are just popping up and just talking about being sports card gurus and ex-experts and wink, wink, point, point. Uh, sign up and do this. Like, you know what? Like, it is what it is. But like, Here's the deal. I think like in my reflection, I think everybody has the power to influence. Like it is psychology. Like I've talked a lot about um, the book Influence by Robert Cialdini. Like it's a great book for me as a marketer because it talks about human psychology um, and it talks about the way people use their human psychology to influence. I think whether it's people, whether it's news stories, whether it's content, these types of things are going to influence people in the market. We work and we have fun and we play in a market that has a very reactionary culture, right? Like I was hesitant, but I knew it was going to happen when I woke up on Saturday and checked my Instagram. I knew there was going to be people posting about, um, you know, cards of guys that, might have had a good game last night and talking about him. That happened, yes. And people are probably going to see a bunch of people post on somebody like DeAndre Hunter and go out and buy a bunch of their cards. It is what it is. That's the way the market is. Um, but I think, like, you know, th for, for us, like, who are talking about 
process, who are trying to do things right, I think there is an opportunity for everyone to use their influence to help other people out. Like influence is can be good and can be bad. Like someone could post something and say, hey, here are my top five hot cards of the week and then go into that diatribe stuff. Like people can do that and then share like because things are trending up, like we're going to talk about these cards and people are going to go buy it. There's like there's this ethical influence and then there's this unethical influence. So like make sure that you're observing the type of influence that is causing you to make decisions because I get influence. We all get influence one way or the other. It's just the way it goes. But I think that's an important thing that I just want to call out. And I uh, I think that's why, like, for me, I've been, like, reflecting a lot. Spending time, the hobby's going 100 miles an hour, and I take my reflections and I try to put them into practice. How it influences, it, it, it helps influences the format of these conversations we have here. And why I'm here is because I... I don't try to overextend myself with my money that I'm putting into cards and the hobby. Like it's for me, it's passion over profit. Like, yes, I want to make some money on sports cards, but for me, it's more about the collection. And that's something that I've certainly learned over time. Yeah. I want to make a little money, but I most importantly, I want to be in a position to collect the cards I want. I think, you know, there are stories behind, behind the card that I want to talk about. And that's when stuff gets really fun and that's when the passion comes out is that when it feels like you've got a piece of history. And so I've been in so many conversations recently. And, you know, the one topic that has come up a lot has been consolidation. And I know I talked to um, Josh about that. And I've actually got some people talking to me about consolidation and, you know, saying it's not for them. And that is totally fine. Like if you want to collect the cards you want and you want to keep them and what makes you happy is just having a bunch of cards that you really love like go for it like no one's telling you to do one thing or the other but what i'm saying is like i for me consolidation is um a, an important topic because i want to keep moving up the ladder and i want to keep getting bigger rarer more scarce cards and those are the cards that i want to have in my collection i put a message out say it that said preparing yourself to complete Compete for grails in, in an auction is like going to a sports card training camp. Evaluate the PC, make cuts, monitor activity, and get ready to win bid night. Being prepared and embracing the process is good practice, win or lose. And I really feel that because that is what I'm going through right now. Like I'm in probably the mode right now where I see the North Star. I see the card on the horizon that I want. That is a card that, and I'm not going to talk about it on this show because like, one, I don't want to jinx it. One, I don't want to hype, put a bunch of hype behind it. But there's a card that's out there right now that I really, really want and it's expensive. And I know like I can't put myself out by just buying this card. So I need to go through the process of consolidating um, and I need to deal with the pain it causes. And like I said, I'm a collector. I just moved 1,500 records from downstairs to upstairs. Like I like to keep stuff. Um, but I think going through the process and preparing like really has make, makes me better. It helps figure out how I'm going to get money into my account. It goes through the process of listing cards on eBay. I listed 15 cards on eBay last night. That is not fun. That sucks. Like it sucks. But like I had time on a Friday night and the, there was a goal I have. There's a card I want that I'm trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to make my max bid to be to get this card? And how do I get myself in the position? Well, to get myself in a position of getting a grail dream card that I really, really want, I'm going to have to sell some stuff. So I'm listing, I'm posting cards and I'm having to go through my PC. And like my PC right now is pretty clean. Like it's, there's a lot of players and it's a lot of stuff that like I really like. And it's looking at like, uh, uh, like a Kyler Murray, uh, select sensation sensationals prism PSA 10 card and being like, God, like I like this card, but it's not serial numbered and God, maybe I can get a couple hundred bucks and that can help add the fun. So it's like making those types of decisions. I think you got to know your max bid. You get your max, you look at, you got your card that you want. Look at the comps. Think about where the market is now. Think about what your max bid is and try to prepare yourself that if you win that card, you are able to fund it. And I think that is consolidation to me. 
and that is putting in the work. I'm more bullish than ever. And I think like this, just like, don't just consolidate to consolidate, but just make sure you have a goal in mind when you're thinking about consolidating. And usually that goal might be a grail that's dangling. At least it is for me. And I think this brings up selling and the importance of selling. And I think like I put out there like manufacturer output levels are at an all time high. The volume of releases distributed to the market is head spinning. The market might not be outfitted right now for completionists, but it can be optimal for those looking to consolidate, like level up with last year's pieces. And I, I, I said that because I think like selling needs to be a part of your process if you want to level up. Um, I have a good career. You have a career. I've got a little bit of disposable income, but like cards are fucking expensive. Like the cards I want are ridiculous. Like I'm talking to my wife about like five, five thousand dollars, seven thousand dollar cards, and she's like, "Are you fucking crazy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm crazy, but like I have to, ha- I have to have this. Like that's where I'm at." And um, I know though, like I know in my PC, I know I've got these cards that can amount to that. It's just getting in there and making the decision and detaching myself from them um, and going after them. And I think like trying to take it, take advantage of like recency bias, bias, like of people. And like, if you got NBA cards right now of guys that are young prospects, like sell into this madness, like use that money to go help you. Like, I don't care about these cards. Like if I don't care about these cards and there's a market for them, like I sure as hell, I'm going to be selling those shits. Like I'm going to be doing that because I need that money to go get those big cards. And I think like turn left when the market goes right, spend some time selling. I talk about turn left when the market goes right when you're buying, but stand in that, stand in that thing and sell into that when it's happening. That's my recommendation. Whoo, man, I need to drink a coffee here. All right. So one thing like I'm, I think is kind of not a red flag, but just something to look out for. It seems like there's new subbers left and right that are popping up. And I mean, I guess there's an opportunity to make a little money. Like if that's a hook on a video you're watching or whatever, like, oh, and come sub with me. Like, I don't know about that. Like, first of all, like my process is like, I don't really want anyone touching my car. It's like, <laughs> I just, I know like, but I, I'm like trying to figure out, it's like, man, subbing sucks. Like I hate it. Like I'm do it all the time. But it sucks. It's just like listing cards on eBay. It's a process and it takes so much time. It's like, I can't imagine like like doing that for other people. Like, what are the margins on that? I don't know. People are doing it though. So like, if you're going to use a sub or just make sure they've, they've been doing it for a while. Make sure you can trust those people. Make sure they have credibility. That's just one thing I want to call it because it seems like everywhere I go, people are subbing right now. And people are like, I've talked, I've, I've, I've heard people talk about like turnaround times and that, this and that. It's like, if if these people are subbing for the first, I don't know. That's I think things can get a little off the rails. So like, for me, like I don't know. I like going direct because I think it's a good learning experience. There are good subbers and good people to work with there. And and I'm not saying don't use subbers. I'm saying just like be cautious of who you're subbing with. Um, the other thing I want to shout out is like I had fun this week. I did a little IGTV. I had no idea how it was going to happen or IG live, and I just like wanted to like. It was a hell of a week in the hobby. I wanted to say thank you to everyone for this like absurd year that I've had and just so much growth and so much fun meeting everyone and building this brand and platform. And I was just like, you know what? Like I talk in DMs and this and that. Like I've got my group, but like I want to hear from you. So I got up and man, I had a freaking blast. It's on my page. I posted it, but man, I had my man, Greg Pack Profit hop up. He joined. This wasn't pre-rehearsed or organized. Um, but man, it was a great conversation. He talked about his Luca pursuits, showed some badass Luca cards. Um, so go check out Pack Profits on IG. Great dude. And I my man Yamwax hop on too. Um, we chopped up and talked a little bit about his cards and collecting. But man, that was fun. Like I needed to do more of that. Um, I had so much fun doing that, and I'm gonna try to do more of that. Hop on and talk with all of all of you. The other thing I want to say, because I didn't put this in my notes, but I, man, I, how did I forget? My name, my man named Indigenous Cards would have would have just beat me up if I didn't put this out there. But let's bring back Let It Rip, okay? I want to hear from you. Let It Rip. Let's do it next Wednesday. If you got a topic you got to take, let it rip. All you have to do is, you know, take your freaking phone, 
and give me a take. Just give me anything you want to put on the show. Make it about a minute or, you know, two minutes, whatever length. But, like, have a good take. Don't suck, as Jim Rome used to say. Email me, stackingslabs at gmail.com. Email those to me, and um, if I like your take, I'll put it on the show. Good way to get featured. Good way to get your voice heard. That's what my platform's all about. So next week, let it rip. Round two, coming back. Email me, stackingslabs at gmail.com with those takes. And if I like them, I'll get them on the show next week. Want to shout out a couple other things. One, Sport Card Analytics, Jordan, he put up a video about um, buying and process. And I thought it was just like so much different than all the other like buy this, buy that um, type of content we get out there because he's real. He talked about like his mentality, he his perspective. He didn't say go buy this, but he just had a nice like video about like a buying process and opportunities. And so that's it. like if you're going to uh, listen to other people talk about buying process and opportunities, like make sure there's substance and there's a why behind it. And I think Jordan did a nice job of putting that out there on his video this week. Um, so definitely go check that out. I want to shout out, thank you to, uh, or shout out and a thank you to 1.37 p.m. for featuring Stacking Slabs on their list of, uh, I think it was 14 best sports card podcasts out there. That was an honor. Um, just amazing, like, right? Like, I opened up my uh, Twitter feed and I see uh, Gary V posts this article about 14 best uh, sports card podcasts and I clicked into it and they're Stacking Slabs. And alongside just, awesome freaking hosts like i looked at the list and like i was like these are this this is this is a dope list like this is a list of all people and platforms that like are are hustling and making it happen so that was an honor and it was an honor and just a thank you to everyone i would not be able to uh be on that list without the continued support and just this show is freaking booming man we're getting like the day one downloads everything like i i can't believe it like i really can't and it's um, thank you so much for just making this engine roll and it really inspires me and uh, makes me uh, excited for the future with this show and this brand. Hobby Hustle, I know a lot of you love the Hobby Hustle. Got one for you this week that you are not going to want to miss. And here's a little context. Off camera, I talked to this guy and he said, hey man, like I love your stuff. I read your stuff every day. Um, I was hoping we got an opportunity to talk and I don't like, I don't put myself out there to a bunch of other people, but like I wanted to come on your show. And that to me was an honor. And it was an honor because I am bringing on the show. I would say a lot of you hear people say, OG, use that term lightly. This guy is, in my opinion, one of the top OGs in the hobby, if not the OG in the hobby. And that is Rob Varis, the owner of Burbank Sports Cards and I'm getting goosebumps right now because the conversation was so awesome. Like this, this was one of the most meaningful conversations I've had because he is a guy who has been in the hobby forever. Like you have bought a card from Burbank sports cards, whether you like it or not on eBay. Like I'm telling you, you have, um, but I watch his videos every day and he talks about like his life as an owner and trials, tribulations, process, this and that. And like, I've learned so much from watching his videos and I'm like, man, if I want to buy a card, I'm going to buy it from this guy. Like this guy's real. So like we get into like all of his 20, we get into his crazy year. There's so many stories, but man, like it was an honor to talk with him and it's an honor to meet him. Like he, he is the guy who just is so knowledgeable, been in the industry forever, knows everybody. So don't miss that episode on Friday with Rob for Burbank sports cards. <sighs> I got to tell you, wrestling, man. You know I got to plug wrestling. Everyone see Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega was on Impact. Kenny Omega was on Dynamite. I think Kenny Omega, he's wrestling for AAA defending that title this week in Mexico. They are taking Kenny Omega around the world. And man, AEW, this is really smart. Recreating what appears to be the territory days of old with the best wrestler in the world. And this is going to be awesome. I am so excited about Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, and his strategy here to combat WWE by aligning with other superpowers in the wrestling industry. And what we're seeing right now is something I think we'll be talking about a year from now. Really good stuff.
stuff from AEW. I love this. It brings me back to the territory days for everyone who can remember that. Um, this is how Ric Flair got famous, going around defending the NWA title in every town every night, making the guy he beat, who was the champ in that town, look good. This is what I'm talking about. So putting a little rub on everyone else. So I'm excited about the potential there, man. Like AEW's hitting on all cylinders. I can't believe Christmas is around the corner. It's crazy. I definitely wanted to make sports cards a part of my Christmas. So first of all, had a conversation with my brother, which I'm going to get my brother on uh, stacking slabs. We're going to have another conversation. Um, check out his page, by the way, McGrath Cards. He's doing good things on Instagram. Uh, but we talked about like, you know, my mom loves to get a stocking stuffer stuff. And my <laughs> Kyle was like, hey, let's let's get a box of something. Let's like figure it out. And so that's what we're doing. We got a box of 98 finest hobby football going to be hunting for some Peyton Manning stuff in there. And then I asked for a box of 2019 contenders hobby because I'm chasing that Kyler Murray cracked ice. So, man, I'm going to have a sports card filled Christmas. I'm going to be ripping freaking packs on the holidays. And what more can you ask for? That is what I'm talking about. Okay, so one thing that popped up in my Peyton Manning group, I got to just say, like, I think it was Adam who posted this. It cracked me up. Um, He posted a card that had... It was a 2008 SPX superscript with Brady, uh, Matt Ryan, and Peyton Manning on the front. And I can't remember exactly who all was on the backs, but like Trent Edwards was on the back. <laughs> it was just like he said, like the back of this card didn't age well. And I thought it was so funny. And I just thought about like all those collaborative cards, like with these like Hall of Famers and just these like sick athletes with just like jobbers, for lack of a better word, on the back. So what I'd love to see, I'd love to see this and make this a thing. And please post these and tag me on Instagram and I'll share it all out. Um, maybe we'll just do, I'm thinking of the hashtag on the fly. Okay, the hashtag is hashtag um, sports card jobbers. Sports card jobbers. Tag me at Stacking Slabs and post cards in your story that, or it can be on your feed, I don't care. But it it's a card with like some badass superstar legend, like new or old, whatever. And then like it's got somebody else that like just like faded into the mist and never did anything. I'd love to see those. And if you tag me with that hashtag sports card jobbers, I will share it and tag you. I'll share that out to everything. So I want to see those cards. Like that card that I saw with Trent Edwards and Brady and Panning on it, like it cracked my shit up. I want to see more of those. So please send those out to me. All right. Let's see here. So, you know, I, I've been talking about demographics and just this market and how absurd and big it is. And I said, I put out something like this week that said, some people have the mindset similar to rare art collectors when pursuing sports cards. Others think more like a floor trader on the New York Stock Exchange on Thursday morning. Some do the latter to fund the former. Different mindsets are good. Manipulation is bad. And I think like that that mentality, like everyone's trying to make money. Some people are trying to collect. Some people are trying to flick, flip. I think everything's fine. Like everyone's going to have a different uh, mentality. It's okay to do one. It's okay to do the other. It's okay to do both. Um, you know, like you look at what's happening with just prism cards and just the demand and the flipping and the opportunities with prospects. Like that's going to happen. And there's lanes to jump into to sell into that. And then you look at like heritage auctions and like the PMG green Michael Jordan that sold like that is like a piece of art, right? So it's like these are two different games, two different audiences. There's some crossover, but just be mindful and be mindful of people that are trying to manipulate on that. That's when I say you got to speak out. And I just want to call that. I'm going to continue to hammer that point home. Like people are playing different games. Maybe you're playing both, but just be mindful of. Uh, the intentions and everything that is happening in the sports card market. All right, a little mail day here. Got a little mail day, and then we're going to close it out with a final take. I like these mail days. Um, first one comes from G Collectibles, and he asked, what is a card in the ho- that the hobby should know about? Good question. The one that comes top of mind for me, just because I think it's cool and I own it, and this isn't me trying to pump this card, but I just think it's unique. And my man Yamwax thinks it's unique because he had it too. And we took a picture. Actually, I told someone to, uh, I think it was Jeremy from Sports Card Live, ended up screen grabbing it and sent it to me. But we both had this card. It is a 1986 Monty Gum card. 
and it's got Muhammad Ali and Hulk Hogan on this card. Go look up 1986, 1986 Monty Gum uh, wrestling cards. Like, go look up that set. It's awesome. But there's a card with Hogan and Ali, and I'm like, just two legends. Like, when I saw this card for the first time, I didn't even think twice. I hit buy it now because I was like, this this card, like, is awesome because it's got two legends, but, like, the value of this card can only go up. So that's one I just think is cool. Obviously, I'm a wrestling fan. Any card with Hogan and Muhammad Ali, I'm going to talk about. We got one from our Australian friends. Shout out BSK85. Question, what's your process for finding your grail? You know, I think it's, I think for me, it's, you know, obviously I'm a player collector. I've got my guys I like, but then you, I, I dig in and I look at like, what are their rare, scarce, rare and scarce cards? That's one bucket. And then out of those rare and scarce cards, like what are the cards that are aesthetically pleasing to me within those players collectors that I, I really want? So like, you know, I just mentioned a card earlier, like with Kyler Murray. Um, I would say a modern grail card for me right now would be Kyler Murray's contender's uh, rookie ticket cracked ice. I want that card really bad. It's super expensive. But like, that, you know, people might say, well, his NT card is like his best card. Well, that's fine. Like, but I'd rather have the cracked ice because I think it's dope. I think it's so dope. Um, and so like this, this is with Peyton too. It's so it's, I think it's like, you just figure out like based on who you're collecting for me, it's scarcity in, in rookie obviously helps, but then what's the, what's aesthetically are, which are the most aesthetically pleasing. And that's what I go after. Um, let's see here. We got one from Emporium, Emporium cards. What are your thoughts on slabbing non-mint rare inserts without a grade for PC? I'm all about it. Like, I, I like, I think about my collection and I know this is kind of a controversial topic because some people are kind of anti-slabs. Obviously, the show's stacking slabs for a reason. My collection, true collection to me is they're slabbed up. They're going to be slabbed up. And those are like my cards that like, whatever the grades are, I don't care. But like, I like the slabs. So like, I'm a big fan of that. Like, if you know it's not going to grade well and you still want it authenticated, like, do it. Like, that. that's like, you're seeing grail jordan cards sell like that all the time so i think that's fine if if you nothing against that i'm in full support i haven't uh had the opportunity to do that yet or even thought about it but like i like slabs and that's part of my collection so i could see myself doing it in the future if i came across a card that it made sense with uh card exports cards let's see here says how do you build a community and id people you can trust for unbiased advice, it's you got to just get in the game, get in the game, meet people, people, everyone posts their stories, like reach out. You just got to talk to people. The more you network, like Instagram is like this LinkedIn for sports card hobbyists. No doubt. Like it is the LinkedIn. It is how you connect, you build relationships, you meet people. It's the tools. People show you what they're about, right? Whether it's a video, whether it's the cards they collect. Like that is to me a good way to meet people and to, you got to get in the game and meet people. And that's how you ID, you get, you figure out who you can trust or not. Like there's been so many times that I have reached out to someone based on a relationship I've had and just asked questions, but Hey, you know, this account, you know, this guy, like, is he legit or not? And I think just that's how you kind of, you extend your wings a little bit and you start learning more about other people, but you got to have your core group of people. And the easiest way to do that is just build relationships on ig cooks clc wrestling question fantasy book stings first aew match oh that's a good question um i think hmm, i think they're gonna wait i think the you saw sting and cody together in the ring that to me seems like the long play somehow i don't know if cody like that contributes to a future cody heel turn um, but I don't think we're going to get that out of the ga- gates. I think, like, when I think about Sting, like, what comes to mind is, you know, obviously you had Surfer Sting, which is kind of what, what, how he grew his momentum and stuff. But, like, the character that really has stuck has been Crow Sting. And obviously that's what we're seeing on AEW television. Sting is a little mysterious, although he wasn't, he kind of let it all out uh, last week. But I think, like, 
Sting uh, is the type of character that really combats evil and groups of evil. You saw his battles with the NWO in the future. So I can see Sting, um, you know, having some conflict with a group like the Inner Circle. And next week, or as I record this on on Dynamite, there's a seven-man tag match that the Inner Circle's involved with. So potentially, maybe we get Stinger involved in that to set up a maybe a Chris Jericho Sting match. How about that? I mean, who doesn't want to see a Chris Jericho Sting match? I know, I know, I do. So that's what I'm going to say, Cooks. I'm just going to say Jericho Stinger um, match where maybe something's at stake. I don't know. That's that's giving me goosebumps thinking about it. All right, next one: K Dizzle cards. Cards I was surprised I liked. This is a good one. Um, cards I was surprised I liked. This is tough, man. I I don't know. I don't. This is I'm 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 not often stumped. Um, but yeah, you know maybe like maybe like the best thing I can think of is just like maybe not surprised, but just how much I love like the tops chrome refractors and the super refractors and that whole like. You know, that might be a newbie take or whatever, but man, like falling back in love with those cards, like that has been a surprise to me about like finest chrome, like how much I love those cards. I think they're so cool and um, you can go down a rabbit hole. So maybe not the best answer, but that's what I got. Catching heaters. What up? Do you have a favorite sports moment that you have watched live in person? Great question. I think... All right, here's a here's here's kind of a heartbreaking fun story that I I've I've never thought about sharing it, but here we go. So I've talked about being at almost every Colts game in Peyton Manning's career. One game that I wasn't at was the AFC Championship game that where they beat New England and went to the Super Bowl. The reason why I wasn't at this game was because I was dating a girl in college who lived in New Jersey. And prior to the run, I had booked a plane ticket over Christmas break to go meet her family. And little did I know the Colts were going to be playing the Patriots at the AFC Championship in Indianapolis. Um, so I missed that game. But it, I do remember like when I got to her house, uh, her dad was a Bears fan and the Bears we're playing the Saints and we watched that and the Bears win. And then I was sitting in this house for the first time watching that game. And obviously the Colts had the comeback. I was like, this is a terrible start to the trip. And then it ended up being an amazing start. But like it pains me that I wasn't at that game. It it pains me. So like knowing that in my opinion, that's the greatest Colts game in the history of the Indianapolis Colts. I would say for me, game that I was at really uh, there's a lot. This is really hard to answer. One that just stands out to me was um, the AFC Championship in 2009 when we beat the Jets and we lost in the Super Bowl. But I, it was a I I've been going to the games with my best friend uh, ever since like we became best friends. We've been going to the games forever, and that moment sitting there and the confetti going down and it was just so memorable and the Colts were so good that year even though they didn't win the Super Bowl um it was an amazing game Manning was just on fire it was just the Jets had beat us and it was just that was just such a fun fun game so probably that one there's just so many they're probably mostly uh Colts related when I think back on it all right last question uh let's see here Adam Adam McInerney who is in um a lot of my group chats but Adam's a good dude. Give him a follow. And he says, is Josh Jackson really Josh Johnson? I'm just going to leave that one there. If you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, but that's funny. All right, let's close it out. Let's close it out. All right, so I have a little life update that I want to share. And it's just been crazy. So I talk a lot about working in software and working in uh, technology and building companies and marketing and building brands. and a uh, little life transition for me. I will be starting at a new company at the beginning of the year. It is not sports card related. However, I will still be doing sports card stuff. But it was an opportunity um, to build and launch a product that I'm super passionate about. And it is a, a team that, that I'm super passionate about. So it'll be 
uh, me and the CEO, and there's a we just hired a, a growth marketer, and we're looking for a you know a technical uh, founder, which is in the process of happening right now. But it's it's kind of what I'm about, and, and it's just building companies. I love building companies, taking something from nothing to something. Um, but yeah, it's it's just that you know it's, it's a tough decision, right? Leaving one company and moving to another company, but I am really, really excited. And like, as I prepare for this new role in this new market, and it's great because who we're selling to our audience is people like me, marketers. And like, I know the product that we're building solves a massive problem because I deal with this problem in my role. And I'm thinking about that and I'm trying to apply that to the sports card market. And it just like, to me, it's more evident than ever that like, we need specific content for specific segments of the hobby. And it can't be all about just everyone. It can't be vanilla. And I, I, I put this out there last week. Um, when you turn on the TV, there are hundreds of channels that, that air thousands of shows. Programs are curated and built for every demographic. A hobby content evolution is needed. Creators that focus on audience needs will win. Find content that is for you. And I just want to like leave it right there. You're choosing to listen to Stacking Slabs because you believe that this content that I'm giving you speaks to you and is for you. And I'm about that. And I love that so much. Um, this show's not for everyone, right? It's just not. And I'm, I like that. I, I, I really do like this show isn't built for everyone. It's specifically for people that are on a journey to get better and be curious and learn about how to level up their sport card game. Like that is what this show's about. And I'm sharing my perspective. So I leave that here by just saying like, we as people in the hobby need to know that as it continues to expand, new money comes in, like go find content that speaks to you. I really appreciate the fact that you're choosing to spend your time listening to me on a weekly basis. It means a lot. And there are content creators out there that I gravitate to and and, and listen to. And the, the, the ones I do it's because it speaks to me, right? And so I just think that's an important and a good topic to close out, out on. Definitely follow Stacking Slabs across all social channels. Hit that subscribe button if you like what I'm doing. Tell a damn friend about that show. We're getting close to Christmas. Basketball's back. Things are moving. Hey, we got a vaccine in the works. What do you, what do you know? Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And we will talk to you soon.